0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 142 of At Oz with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello.
1: Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing
0: well. I had things to tell you, but I have to tell you after the show. If I told you before the show, it would skew the show.
1: (laughs) Alright, you're afraid i just blab it because I'm I'm gonna trash shoot?
0: (laughs) It would change the delicate balance of the show.
1: <laughs> all right i'm you piqued my interest yeah how's that go you had my attention but now you have my curiosity
0: Here you go. <laughs> um
1: but no so i was looking stuff up today
0: mm-hmm. um and i was trying to see like when we started the show you know and we're we're ways off from the three year three year anniversary yeah okay with us doing like, because like I'm like, uh, oh, is it close to 150? No, is it close to this? Is it close to that? No, because we did like weird schedules at first, and we had missed weeks and weeks that didn't have numbers and stuff. So was just like, yeah three year anniversary is coming up, whenever.
1: Yeah, and there was that there was weeks where we did multiple episodes too sporadically right. as well. Yeah, exactly. So we
0: can't go by the numbering; we have to go by
1: the actual date. What is the three-year podcasting anniversary gift? Is it paper? Is it plastic, like toys?
0: Uh, I think you have to buy me a
1: Detolf. (laughs) All right, you buy... How about this? You can buy yourself a Detolf, and your gift will be that I will help you assemble it. I'm pretty quick. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, hey, I listened to your A-Show show.
0: Oh, yeah, hey, that came out this past week.
1: It did. Um, and,
0: it's it's uh, weird when I record something and then it comes out way later than I record it. I get confused.
1: Yeah, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but so far you're squashing George Gatton. So for those people out there that have voted, thank you. Uh, those who haven't, go and vote with all your Sacco accounts. But, uh, Joe, I have thoughts about that Well, episode.
0: okay, I'll, you, you get your thoughts out of the way, and then I'll make my remarks about the voting and you saying that it's a squash,
1: bro. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't want to say it's a squash because we don't want to let up because Gatton came out from nowhere in the last few minutes and 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 took over on DJ. So exactly, yeah. Um, but I just want to say so. Obviously, you and George had uh, similarly quality rosters to deal with, other than the fact that you, of course, had Tay Conti, and like that's an automatic win when you have the face of women's wrestling, right? Um, but uh, George. The face. The face. Yeah, I didn't think you'd get it there. I was a little worried. Uh, George booked the show kind of like I would have, where he took like bad wrestlers and just intentionally made an even worse show, you know, just steered into the bad, which is exactly how I would have booked it. Um, And then you obviously took bad wrestlers and made a very watchable show. You know, you if you wouldn't have known going into it that, oh, hey, Joe got the worst talent imaginable, you would have thought, oh, okay that's an episode of Dynamite. So you did a good job of making uh, chicken soup out of what chicken nuggets. Is that how the expression goes? Something Uh, like that.
0: Chicken salad out of chicken shit.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. Plus, you had Pharaoh doing a murder, which I thought was awesome. But uh, yeah, so two completely different shows, uh, two different styles. Um, but I think he did really, really well. You better bring home that title to the network.
0: Uh, I certainly hope so. And, you know, a lot of people that I'm close with, uh, listen to the show and they were like, this is tough. They were both really good shows. And it, it was difficult because as you mentioned, I purposely tried to give George as many dregs or difficult people to deal with. Mm. Whereas I don't think George, um... Watches AEW currently. I can't speak for George, uh, but it certainly felt like he wasn't sure of like these are people on the come up or whatever it was, or if he, he was purposely trying to give me people that I that he knew that I liked.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, that's you know, having like, an
0: online presence kind of tips your hand of who you like and who you don't like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But if I was to pinpoint a moment where if there is going to be a decision made. One way or the other, him giving me Cody uh, will be his downfall.
1: (laughs) Because you've been booking in your mind ways to bury Cody for years, and now you finally got a chance to publicly use some of them, you know? (laughs) Like, you've had a lot of those bullets in the chamber already.
0: (laughs) Yeah. so I'm not a dog person, but I'm definitely not a fan of what Cody did to that poor dog. Yeah. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, okay, well, my main event has to be Cody versus DJ Hyde. Um, I got the Sup Girl in the backstage segment there for the real deep uh CZW fan, Zandig fan users. Uh, <laughs> going back to the MySpace days, even. And then I'm like thinking, I'm like, it has to be DJ and Cody in the main event. How could we work it? And I'm like, there's hardly any like actual real nightmare family on the show. And when he drafted Cody for me, he did not draft Cody with Arn, right? Yeah. So I'm like, who could I have Cody come out with? And I'm like, ah, not on the roster page, not whatever. Uh, we'll go with Pharaoh.
1: Because all accessories are legal. I've, I've heard that rule before.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, and looking, and that's the thing. So looking at the AEW roster page, um, there's people that are missing. Um Now, granted, in between the time of us being given the list off the roster page and us recording, like, a pay-per-view happened and things changed and stuff. But there still were a couple names missing off of their actual roster page. Um, At least everyone has pictures these days. I remember for a very long time, like, a lot of the referees and agents and stuff didn't even have pictures. they was just, like, their name in a silhouette, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like the fact that Billy Gunn wasn't an active roster member that you could pick kind of stunk because he competes, you know, he's under contract. He's been on Dynamite. And I think the other big one would have been Serpentico. But like I said, it was just, you know, I, I those things like I nitpick about those sort of things when they get missed by what's supposed to be a major wrestling company, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I hear there's a lot of people that are in the wrestling digital world that are looking for work. So maybe they can get picked up and fix up that website. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah. we got. Oh, I was going to say, go ahead. I was just going to say, just to reiterate, if you have not yet voted for Joe and you're listening to this podcast, go and vote. We retweeted it a few days ago. It's maybe a tweet or two ago on the at odds feed of Twitter. So. You know, vote for Joe just so that when that last-minute Gattin push comes in, you know, we want to make sure that the the lead is hardy enough that he will not be able to overtake Joe. So go and vote, people.
0: Yeah, and uh, what Adam said is correct. I don't think there's been any votes cast in the last two days yeah. as of this recording. So I will make sure to put the link in the show notes with everything else. So when you get the podcast, go look at the description. The link will be in there. Uh, to go and vote if you haven't already. Or listen, you know, if you haven't already as well. But uh, I'll be watching Monday to see that number just, like, skyrocket up. I I looked, and I saw that um, DJ, it was 100 votes total. And it was, like, 51 to 49, right?
1: Yeah. That means
0: George had 51 votes. Uh, Right now what do I have? I have something like 40 votes. So Um, there's still another 30 votes that could very easily come in for George at any moment, you know?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'll get that, uh, that Russian bot farm that I hired to have DJ win his, uh, first round of the tournament to get on this. Ah, (laughs) we'll see.
0: I get, a, I get a kick out of people that have the Russian bot farm followers,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and they're, like, in the 20,000 range of followers, and then they tweet something out, and it gets zero interaction. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, zero likes and maybe one reply. Yeah. And I'm like, I hope you feel good about the money you spent to get 20,000-plus followers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. so so you're saying I shouldn't have paid for all my followers, is what you're saying? No.
0: What oh. you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pay for someone else's followers, and then they return the favor to you.
1: Oh, all right. I'm doing it wrong. We'll talk about that after the show as well. Yeah. <laughs> Make a lot of notes, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so there, it is actually a little bit busier of a day uh, in wrestling history, but we, it's a busy show here as
1: well. And now, at odds with wrestling, presents this day in wrestling history.
0: So let's go by this as quickly as we can. Any comments, remarks, or questions, or otherwise, we'll get into it Uh, on this day in wrestling history, 1983. Adam um, Harley Race won the NWA World Title from Ric Flair in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, it was Harley Race's seventh time winning the title and his last time ending Ric Flair's first reign as the NWA champion. This title change was the beginning of the uh, five-month-long storyline to the first Starcade.
1: Oh, well, as you know, I'm, I'm very well versed in the build-up to the first Starrcade ah, in, like, ah, 1983, ah. 1984. <laughs>
0: Are you familiar with the Harley Race take the damn money promo? I am not. It's Harley Race looking, even though it's 1983, he could be anywhere from, the the way Harley Race is dressed and his hairstyle is, it could be anywhere from 1962 to 1979. (laughs) Uh, But he's there cutting a promo with a briefcase full of money open, and he's just saying like, He's cutting this promo of like he wants because he knows that Ric Flair could beat him. And he's, you know, if anyone puts Ric Flair out of the business, they're going to get this money. And he's cutting this promo. And he's just like, and somebody take the damn money. And he's like, they've got to get Flair. And then uh, he's like, got to get Flair out of the business. He can't make it to Starcade." And then all of a sudden, he just goes, Kabuki. You know, he just (laughs) randomly throws Kabuki's name out. And I think it was supposed to lead to, like, a list of people like Bob Orton and Dick Slater and so on and so forth that were, like, your typical um, uh, southern territory uh, hired guns of the era. Uh-huh. Uh, but do yourself a favor and go watch, like, I'm sure a lot of that build that Starcade 83 uh, is out there. And I, I don't know if that was the first pay-per-view, but that was, like, the first mega card.
1: Well, you know, I can tell you, I can tell you with one hundred percent certainty, I will not do that. <laughs> mm, I might yeah. assign it before the cut. Uh, it's against the rules. Pre-negotiated rules. No sharpies. Nothing before nineteen ninety.
0: Uh, I don't know if that was your rule uh, <laughs> that I agreed to, but nineteen eighty. Like anyway, we're gonna. I I don't want to get too far in the weeds on Starcade nineteen eighty three. We're gonna get there when we get there. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um. So uh the also this day wrestling history 1996 uh on an episode of monday nitro just two weeks after the debut of the first outsider scott hall we see the debut of the other outsider kevin nash
1: i was looking forward to this we talked about it a couple of weeks ago
0: yeah i forgot to put it in the notes that i emailed to you and i'm like shit i'm forgetting something um <laughs> But this is the infamous promo. Look at the adjective "play," which is not an ag- adjective. <laughs> um, but this is the Monday Night trope before Great American Bash, where they powerbomb Bischoff through the stage or off the stage or whatever it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. But like I said, we're like I love that we're in like the '95. Like when we record is like the '95 for ECW. The 96 for Nitro, like the NWO and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, Sadly, we don't line up with something that happens a little bit more in contemporary history. But lastly, on this day, wrestling history in 2002, uh, after being promoted and booked in a King of the Ring qualifying match against uh, the just maybe two months prior debuted Brock Lesnar steve austin walks out of the world wrestling entertainment
1: this my timeline's a little vague on this is this uh th- that was it like that was it for him like he didn't come back as an active wrestler again or did like again i have no memory of this specific walkout
0: uh oh my so this was huge
1: right yeah So it's just, um, just 20 years ago so Refreshed well my memory. again i'm an old yeah
0: um this is what a lot of people point to as, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, the invasion angle and the this and the that. Um, a lot of people point as this, as like the beginning of the end for like the downfall of WWE. Like everyone's like, well, when WCW went away, all those fans went away. It's like, I don't know, ratings were still pretty good for about a year or so after the invasion and stuff. But you can kind of pinpoint from here as the ratings going down. So, for weeks, so okay, so for months prior to this, Austin was very vocal, um, privately and publicly on WWE's Bite This radio show mm-hmm. that he was not happy with the creative in WWE. Uh, specifically, citing with the feud with the NWO, he was feuding with like Scott Hall, and I guess he felt he should have been like feuding with Hogan or something, right? Yeah. So then after Hogan turns face, and then they screw up the NWO by putting, like, Michaels in it, and Goldust, and The Big Show, and Booker T, and all this
1: other shit, right? I think you uh, misspoke. You meant to say made the NWO better, but go ahead. Uh Uh-huh. So
0: Austin on T. so they do the—or they did the draft, and— Austin had, like, a thing in his contract where he was, like, he could be on either brand or he couldn't be drafted or whatever it was, and it was, the idea was, of course, to have him on both shows, and at a house show on Sunday, they had told him to be at TV ready to wrestle, because he had not been, like, wrestling matches, and he was in the middle of, like, a burgeoning program with Eddie Guerrero at this time, right? Okay. Okay. So then they announced that they're going to do the King of the Ring qualifying match with him and Brock, and Brock is going to win. And Austin's just like, that's it, I'm done. And, like, after the house show on Sunday, he just didn't show up to TV the next day. And that's the whole, like, uh, The Rock comes out. they, They call an audible where The Rock had been off TV for a while. Uh, he comes out and cuts a promo And says that, like, Austin took his ball And went home Uh, then they do, like, a whole episode of Confidential Where, like, they all just bury Austin For, like, giving up on the company When they needed him and stuff Like, if you don't look into The 1983 Starkid build Do yourself a favor and look into Like, the fallout of this
1: But, I mean, he was back in a Non-wrestling capacity Not long after, right? Um, oh because I, I just, I'm trying to think where in the timeline was like him refereeing Austin, I'm sorry, refereeing Goldberg versus Lesnar at Mania. Was that several years later or?
0: That was, yeah, that wasn't until
1: 2004. Okay, so like two years later. Okay. that That's what I'm unclear about because I know he walked out. I just don't remember exactly when his career ended, uh, you know, in ring, but that makes sense. Okay.
0: I'm trying to see when he returned.
1: You don't have those dates memorized, Joe? Come on.
0: No, I d- you'd be surprised.
1: You'd be surprised
0: of what I have memorized and don't have memorized. But again, it's it's all very interesting. Like I said, definitely go. If you could find the episode of Confidential about it, like, that's worth a watch. Okay. That I'd watch. All right. So uh, let's get into what we liked and didn't like from the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling.
1: And I turn it over to you. All right, Joe. Well, I need to go first because uh, unless you're just a crazy person, this has definitely got to be in your likes. And it's the biggest story in all of wrestling this week. (laughs) If not like this year, you know, and that is that Joe, we are in the summer of broski. We are in the summer of broski. That's right. At a recent GCW show, Nick Gage was in the ring wrestling somebody. I don't know. I didn't see it other than on the internet. But he was attacked by a masked man emulating John Moxley, and it turned out to be Deathmatch legend Matt Cardona. That's right. The crowd was so psyched to see Cardona there. They were chanting, "Fuck it's Zack Ryder! Fuck it's Zack Ryder! Fuck it's Zack Ryder!" That's how shocked. They were that Zack Ryder swerved them all and got the biggest nuclear heat pop on the planet. And, uh, yeah, so he's pretty much the biggest name in all of indie wrestling right now. There's people lining up to see him beat Nick Gage, take home that GCW title. And, uh, yeah, I'm here for it. Biggest story of the year. So I <laughs> didn't put this in my likes cause I
0: knew that you would, <laughs> um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wave a very wide brush on this, okay? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And say, I liked this. All right. This would have been in my likes. It would have been my third like. We're not going to analyze it too deeply. <laughs> We're not going to scratch the surface like the little boo-boo that Broski got on his elbow. Um, I don't want to pull up my video so I can do my impersonation of Broski's impersonation of Moxley's taunt, <laughs> but they got some buzz right now leading yep. into the New Jersey shows next month um I say good for them, good for broski uh they all need this, and
1: uh i'll i I'll keep my remarks <laughs> off the air. <laughs> I, I, you know, obviously uh, I, I'm being biased in my praise yes. of this, but this is, you know, it's relatively unique, you know, and everybody's like, oh, there's no chance that fucking Zack Ryder is going to go in there with Nick Gage. And, you know, I'm sure the match will happen with many, many, many caveats pre predetermined between the two of them. But just the fact that it's happening is pretty impressive. And, uh, You know, I want to see the match. I I don't know uh, whether that means in person or on whatever gimmick that they're streaming GCW on these days. But uh, my curiosity has peaked. And uh, I I think that it's akin to having Zack Ryder, having Matt Cardona show up in CZW. uh, And I'm not the first person to say this. I've seen it a million times on Twitter. It's very akin to uh, Jerry Lawler showing up in ECW you know, and like taking out the hardcore people, you know, S- similar guy from up up in New York showing up where he doesn't belong. But uh, I like it. It's a throwback to that kind of stuff. It's a very anything can happen. And uh, Brocy's going to reboot uh, Nick Cage's face off. Looking forward to it.
0: Uh, I- I'm being informed that I'm not allowed to remark on pretty much anything that you said there. <laughs> um, let's move on to my next like or my yeah. first like. And, uh, yeah, I think we might cross over on maybe one other thing here. So uh, let's start with, on independentwrestling.tv, after we recorded last week, I watched the Day in a Life deal with Edith Surreal, uh, the former Still Life with Apricots and Pears, and that is one of my likes uh, this week. I watched the uh, Very Good Professional Wrestler one, I watched the Jeff Cannonball one. All of these are very good, very well done on, you know, practically a shoestring budget, essentially given this person a camera and record yourself. And this is not to take anything away from what the former Dasher did or Jeff did. Um, but Edith really kind of puts herself out there Mm. in a way that I don't think anyone would really expect. Um, you know kind of goes through a lot of the decisions on her name discussions on what she tried to do to keep her old name um a lot of uh like there's a there's a scene where she injects herself with uh the uh hormones that she's taking as part of her transition you know Mm -hmm. um and kind of like talks about it in a very real and a very like um, powerful scene. Like, not cooked. This is what she's going through as both a uh, professional wrestler and as someone transitioning. And, you know, the timing worked out that, like, they got to record her making her debut at the Beyond show uh, with the new name, with uh, whatever the hell Blank's new shitty name is that he doesn't use, Jackson Pollock or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> um, but go definitely go out of your way to check that out it's a little over an hour long but it's absolutely worth your time and it actually got a lot of press this past week um i think like they covered it they did like a two or three page spread on it in the philadelphia inquirer uh cbs news picked it up on like their website and social media stuff so um you know i'm glad to see that she's getting um The spotlight that she deserves. I know she's relatively new in the wrestling business. I think she's got less than four um, years under her belt as an active competitor. But like I said, definitely check this out.
1: Yeah, I've seen all the other episodes, as you mentioned. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to check that one out. But uh, we're both big fans of Edith and uh, definitely want to check that. That sounds really good. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with a dislike, Joe. This is a real quick one, and that is from NXT this week. We are seeing the evolution, the, uh, the I want to say, the stepping up of Poppy, the featured player in the NXT universe. Uh, this, obviously, she has performed for NXT multiple times, but I think we are starting to see uh, her as like a character on the show uh i'm not a big fan of that i mean obviously we had the the very perfectly natural album drop discussion that she had with uh regal and triple h uh which led to like her hugging loomis and obviously prior to that candace LeRae was talking smack on her and uh the hug with loomis ended up getting indy hartwell to get heat with uh poppy and then poppy comes out with io shirai and, and i have a feeling that that we're going to see a lot of Poppy on NXT going forward. And, uh, you know, not a fan of that. Like, again, nothing against Poppy, but a uh, lot of wrestlers that we can put on television uh, instead of Poppy. And I get it. you'll use, Somebody might use the uh, Bad Bunny pair, uh, comparison that, you know, hey, we're getting mainstream press for it. But uh, how about putting on a wrestling show? That's all I ask for. Just put on a wrestling show. But, yeah, Poppy, the featured player, is in my dislikes
0: well uh to paraphrase triple h from his media call today
1: mm.
0: uh if you don't like it, don't watch it.
1: a lot of people don't like it then yeah.
0: <laughs> good advice <laughs> so uh let me do a dislike- you know what um ah uh, let me do a dislike okay it's a it's a light dislike okay um I don't dislike it as much as everyone else does. I get why most people dislike it so strongly, but the Andrade debut on AEW this week could have been handled better. Also I got no my problem with them.
1: Oh, sorry. No, I just said also one of my dislikes.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Not the one I thought we would have crossed over on. Um, it just it wasn't horrible. But I definitely think someone who's already positioned as not on an AEW show, on Triple Mania, that he's already going to be facing Kenny. Uh, he should have come in at a different spot. And I forget what podcast I was listening to uh, when they were talking about this. Oh, it was it was uh, my Sweet Brucey's podcast last week when they were talking about Ahmed Johnson. And yes, I'm going to ca- compare Andrade to Ahmed Johnson, right? <laughs> Yeah. So Ahmed Johnson was um, brought into World Wrestling Entertainment in a top spot. His first appearance on TV, he body slams Yokozuna. He's in with the main event mix guys of like Sid and and HBK and all these other guys. Like on his first pay per view appearance. Um, he doesn't lose on TV for like almost a year and he's just con- continually put in a top spot. And Bruce says a lot of times when it's a, a, a character or a talent like that, it's best to just debut them at a top spot and hope for the best instead of saying, we've got big plans for this guy. Let's start him at the bottom and build him up. Where Mm. Andrade should have been brought in and like immediately in a top spot. This just didn't feel like him being brought in at a top spot.
1: Yeah, uh, my my dislike from it. uh, I agree with you with everything you said. I'm going to take it from just the presentation of it that he deserved a lot more than the way that he was brought in. I mean, it was a very mishmash of a presentation because it started off with a Mark Henry interview. And then it was interrupted by Vicky Guerrero. And then Vicky Guerrero announces Andrade by his new full name, which I apologize, I don't know. But also the fans in attendance didn't really know. And the crowd barely reacted to the name, obviously. And those that recognized him in the crowd didn't really react to his appearance either. So Excalibur did a pretty good job of trying to sell like who it was that was coming out. But, uh, just obviously the whole presentation of it, it was almost like the crowd was dead, you know, and it was the wrong people to have them debut in front of you would have been better off having them come out and just attacking somebody, you know, laying the boots to somebody like a Cody or a top baby face that, uh, is out there. And, and like you said, put him right to the top, but, uh, yeah, it just didn't make sense. Like it was a very blah way to debut who should be a top guy, you know? Yeah. And then the fact that uh, Vicky Guerrero said that he was the face of all elite wrestling, I was very upset by that. The face? (laughs) Yeah. To quote Vicky Guerrero, I was like, "Excuse me." (laughs) You know, but uh, yeah, I agree. That was one of my things in there because I had not because all of our time for watching wrestling between the fact that AEW is on like Saturday mornings now or something like that. I have no idea. So by the time I get around to watching AEW, it's days after. It had aired, so I, I had the Andrade debut ruined by Twitter days and days earlier. And so I was expecting, oh, shit, this is going to be a hot angle when I turned on the TV. And then it was just kind of there. You know, it was buried in between a bunch of different interviews. So I was very disappointed in it, because I've always liked Andrade since going back to NXT, you know?
0: Yeah, um, and he's, like I said, he, and AEW has done a good job on turning a lot of guys around. Um, you know, arguments can be made on how, uh, Miro was debuted and now look at Miro,
1: you know? Oh, I love it when he thanks God for his power <laughs> and that his wife is hot <laughs> or something like that. Those are great. So All right, well,
0: I I'm going to go with, uh, you know what? Let's, let's do a double shot to really wrangle Adam. I'm going to do my other like this week. <laughs> Again, not a match, uh, but this is another documentary that aired, and this would be the A&E documentary in regards to the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, Brett the Hitman Hart.
1: Almost in my dislikes, but go ahead.
0: Oh, my goodness! <laughs> uh, I know I gushed quite a bit about the Foley one from last week, and, you know, they're hitting a lot of my favorites. Like, Roddy Piper was my first favorite wrestler and i didn't really love the the one on him it was just okay right yeah um foley you know was my favorite wrestler for a good chunk of my teens to early 20s and i really like that one and brett was i wouldn't say my favorite but he was definitely up there cuz like on his come up in wwe when you're talking like 89 90 91 our cable system finally got nwa wcw so I'm like discovering like Sting and Ric Flair and Terry Funk is back and great mood and all this other stuff. But Brett was still like the guy in WWE. Um, you know, when I was that age, and, and I really liked this. Um I like the access that they had to a lot of the folks in Brett's life. And I'm glad that they didn't interview Bruce. That's the best <laughs> part of it. No interview with Bruce in any of this.
1: Since the last time we recorded, I did watch the Foley one, and I agree with you, that one was phenomenal. And much like the Foley one, I like the fact that this one, and many of the episodes of this series, show a lot of indie stuff that I've never seen before. You know, stuff that was, to the best of my knowledge, never in the WWE DVDs, you know, career retrospectives or anything like that. So I liked that there was a lot of early stuff being shown on these. Um, But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the documentary. Uh, got a little misty in the room, you know, when they were talking about Owen towards the end, you know, like that was very, uh, like well presented, I think is the best way to put it, but I, I enjoyed it. I'm just teasing. It's in my dislikes. Uh, although he looked like a goofy son of a bitch drawing at the beginning with a big shitty grin on his face, like that little, uh, opening monologue, uh, that, that was kind of goofy, but, uh, yeah, good episode. Uh, are there any left or was that the, the finale? Um, is there one more? So I feel like was that eight of them? I think that might have been all of them then, because there was
0: right. I think Warrior was supposed to be last,
1: but they moved it.
0: To yeah, coincide
1: with Darkside or something. Yeah, because obviously um, there was. Uh, oh, sorry, we're talking.
0: Gonna... So let me look.
1: Yeah, you go ahead. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to name them. I'm gonna count on my fingers here. So obviously Brett, uh, Piper, HBK, Booker T. Uh, Mick Foley, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, uh, that's seven. Who am I forgetting? Uh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. So, yeah, that's eight. I think there was only eight. Yeah. Stone Cold. Stone Cold.
0: I didn't watch, you know, I watched the Stone Cold one. It was just, like I said, it was just okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was pro- Honestly, I think that might have been the worst one. And uh, don't quote me on this. Uh, you're going to have to delete this from the podcast, but the Michaels one was probably the second worst one.
0: Uh I, I didn't watch that one. I, I'm good. I oh. was told that he says yeah yo a bunch and that's about it.
1: <laughs> oh all right. I watched the Bret Hart one and you won't watch the Shawn Michaels one. That's not fair. No nope. that's, not, that's not solidarity. Nope, not at all. All right. Are you gonna go again or I have one last like?
0: Uh I got one dislike and we'll I'll I'll go last on that. So you go with your like.
1: All right, Joe. I'm going with the like. It's a rare like from Monday Night Raw. And that is the award-winning Alexa's Playground segment. Hold on, I got to turn off my, my Amazon thing here next to me because it lights up whenever I say her name, just like I do. I light up whenever I say her name. But on the episode, they had Shayna Baszler, uh, alleged tough guy or tough girl, uh, who came on the show, refused to apologize to Lily for calling her a stupid doll. And then Alexa Bliss proceeds to stomp a mud hole and Shayna Baszler, causing her to literally run for her life. She runs away. Uh, she This culminates in Shayna Baszler barricading herself in a room to keep Alexa, from, uh, Alexa away from her. And uh, I am just, the reason this is in my likes is because I cannot wait until the face-off between Alexa and Shayna Baszler where Alexa wins and then becomes the official AIW Women's Champion. And then all of our friends from uh, Ohio have to live with that. But uh, very much looking forward to that feud. Very much looking forward to Shayna, uh, you know, doing the, doing the honors for the returning to the ring Alexa Bliss. And uh, that's my final like this week. Hey,
0: this was my final dislike of the week. What? <laughs> oh, my God. So I didn't want to just watch the clips or the GIFs of it, right? Uh-huh. So I went and I watched not all of Monday Night Raw. I'm not that much of a glutton. But any of the pertinent parts, like, I didn't want, like, an edited version. I wanted to watch this in full. And uh, I knew it was going to be dumb in the first place, right? Just because all this spooky stuff in WWE, like, if there's anything that's going to be so great when WWE returns in front of live fans, it's going to be that much more difficult for them to do this corny pre tape stuff and try to pass it off as live. But Adam, remember the part where Shayna grabs Lily and apologizes to Lily Mm -hmm. and then throws the doll on the ground and is going to step on the doll? And then we cut to a doll's eye view of Shayna stepping on the doll? (laughs) It Uh was at that point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. This is horrible. I did not need to watch the rest. And listen, I like Shayna. Shayna is a very tough person. Shayna could kick my ass, your ass. Everyone's asked that you know pretty much right on down the line.
1: Everybody um, except for Alexa. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay. <laughs> and I know there were people on Twitter uh, saying how great the segment was and the, the great acting on Shayna and how even <laughs> thugs cry. <laughs> um, but it was bad from the moment that they cut to the doll's eye view. <laughs>
1: All I'm saying is that all Shayna had to do to avoid the ass kicking she's gonna get is just apologize to Lily and she didn't do it, so what are you gonna do? Yeah. Future AIW women's champ, Joe. It's gotta be recognized when it happens. I want you I to hope, I hope up Thorne
0: Ford. throws the uh I hope Thorne throws the belt in the garbage today.
1: <laughs> That's fine, she'll she'll still be crowned in my eyes. Uh <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't love that segment. I really am.
0: Yeah, you're shocked I didn't love it?
1: I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Joe, I don't know if you know this. Speaking of WWE and uh all their wonderful, wonderful programming that they have, did you know that there's a pay-per-view this weekend? Is Sammy Zayn's kicking down to the ring? Is That's right. NXT in your house is this weekend, some point. I don't know, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. I think it's Sunday. Sunday. According to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of wrestling information, there are five matches on the card, Joe. None of them are listed as being on the pre show. Can you name those matches? Do you know the card?
0: Okay, so I think I can only because uh, definitely not a ghastly visage, but handsome Doc Hendricks reminded me many times of what the card is and i think i can get it um obviously none of like NXT typically doesn't do matches on the pre show but i do know that the debut of everrise radio is going to be on the pre pre show this saturday
1: yeah probably the most must see pre pre show in the history of wwe shows
0: yes <laughs> okay so uh the card is uh so as i'm sitting here I, I know for sure four of the matches, and let me see if I can get my brain working on the fifth as we talk about them. Okay, so we have Legato Del Fantasma against the Meat Spinning Kids and Bronson Reed. Winner take all, whoever wins gets all those belts that are in that match, which is the tag titles and the uh, North American title.
1: I was very confused. I'm like, Meat Spinning Kids? What the fuck? And like, MSK. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I that's what it minute.
0: stands for. You didn't know?
1: Oh, ah, yeah, if you know, you know. Apparently I didn't. Apparently, right.
0: yeah. Um, then we have Ember Moon taking on Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Ladies title.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Um, we also have, for the um, main title, A Fatal Five-Way with uh, Karrion Cross, Adam Cole, Cool Kyle, Pete Dunne, And who's the fifth guy in that match right now? John Gargano is the fifth guy in that match.
1: Yeah, I was a little worried you were going to forget about Johnny Wrestling there.
0: He still has me blocked, so. (laughs) Uh, Then, in a ladder match, where the winner gets the million-dollar title, and the loser has to go live in Hagerstown, Maryland, (laughs) we have L.A. Knight taking on uh, Cameron Grimes. And I'm forgetting the fourth match, the fifth match.
1: Before I spoil the fifth match, when you say LA night, do you the do, do you do the contracted and required points each time? Where no, like, I don't. L. I should know. Yeah, it's kind of required. Um, all right, the final match is a women's match. Does that narrow it down?
0: Is it um is it
1: uh, uh Candice against Io Shirai. I wish it is not. Uh, one of the, one of the competitors is kind of spooky. Kind of spooky.
0: Yes. No, I don't know. It's not. Oh, oh, it's uh Mercedes Martinez versus Zayalee. Uh,
1: yes. You get what I mean by kind of spooky with Zayalee? Yeah,
0: because all the T and Shaw stuff is kind of spooky. Yes, 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 yes.
1: yes. Um, honestly, uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to this pay-per-view. I, I, will watch the main, like the five way. Yeah. And and I kind of want to see the show go off the air with confetti as Cameron Grimes comes down with a million dollar championship. But, uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling the rest of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the six man with all the titles on the line is going to be really good. Uh, those six guys typically have. Uh really good matches, and I think Legado del fantasma have been quietly the m v p s of n x t for the last six months yeah. um sadly, I think they're gonna win, and I only say that sadly because it kind of stinks that Bronson Reed is losing the belt already so quickly, but it could be one of these things where like he loses the belt and he's not in the fall. you could have um uh yeah, you could have one of the m s k guys get pinned. Uh, right. But I think that's going to be your best match of the show. I have no hopes whatsoever for that f- fatal five way. Um, Raquel versus Ember is going to be what it is. It's going to be a glorified Raquel squash to help get her over. And, um, I think Mercedes is going to get possessed by Tien Shaw. <laughs> and, Okay. Don't tell anyone I said this, okay? All right. But I really liked the LA Night vignette on NXT this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a um, bloodshot eye that really took me out of the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: I was very focused on that one bloodshot eye. I think, I hope <laughs> he's okay, right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, But I think instead of debuting him the way that they did, where he just showed up on the pre-show and cut a promo... And then did a whole bunch of other stuff. If it's not like the world was clamoring for LA Knight to be on TV, okay? Yeah. You do this whole thing with DiBiase and Cameron Grimes, and then you have LA Knight debut as like the, like, say, like, this is his debut. The first time we see him on TV is him saying, no, no, I should be the legitimate legacy to the million dollar man. And like uh, kind of a whole thing of like, oh, Cameron Grimes, you're new money, but I've had my money forever. I've been around the world and I've been making this stuff. And like how the vignette this week where it was like L.A. night, he's got the girls and he's got the this and he's got the car. And he came across as a little bit more natural with those things. Whereas Cameron Grimes, when he tries to do the rich guy stuff with the cigar and the massage and the the, the drinking and everything else, he comes off as weird and awkward because he's new money, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I think if this was the LA Night debut, like that's how he comes out. Like they don't come out and say that he's DiBiase's protege, but he is. He comes out and that's like the whole thing. It's like old money versus new money. They have the ladder match and then it looks like DiBiase is finally gonna acquiesce and help Cameron Grimes pushes the ladder over, whatever Ted could do in his old age. (laughs) <laughs> and then that's when he kind of christens LA Knight as his successor. And now you got Cameron Grimes chasing LA Knight not only to prove that he's better than LA Knight, but to prove to DiBiase that he wins the belt. And then, like, he's like, I don't need the belt to prove that I'm better than LA Knight. I don't need the belt to prove that I'm better than you, Ted DiBiase. I know. The fans know, blah, 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 blah. I've been spending a lot of time with head Cannon on this program.
1: <laughs> and then LA Knight slowly starts losing his hair, so he shaves his head and then gets a, a leather vest and then drops the whole million-dollar thing and becomes stone-cold, right? No. <laughs> All right, that's, yeah, I, that's the last thing that happened to the person with the million-dollar championship. I figured it was cursed. I think he's 10 years
0: older than Austin was when Austin debuted in WWE.
1: <laughs> what, he's not like a young upstart? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see, as you had mentioned, that you're spending a lot of time booking this. I am still upset that we did not get the vignettes of where that title's been all these years. But, you no, know, maybe in my, my fantasy booking in my head. So you're
0: you're booking for a belt. I'm booking for La Knight. I don't know who's <laughs> off here.
1: We're both pretty bad. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we got next, Joe? Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home. Home. Homework. Homework, it's an obligation you owe your family and yourself.
0: Well, next up is the uh, Chikara event that I assigned for homework, uh, which is the Chikara anniversario event from May 20th, 2012 um these shows are streaming on jerry's internet wrestling emporium aka independentwrestling.tv uh obviously if you don't have time to watch them and again it's tough to get a chance to watch all this stuff you can certainly go check out our friend kevin uh his blog masklibrary.com where he does a write-up usually the day that we record of whatever the show that we do for the show homework uh so you know at least you can get a, a feel for what the show was you know
1: yeah but uh, it is the homework that you assigned to me, so I have to kind of take control of this and yes. go through my notes and chime in whenever you are inclined. As you mentioned, Chikara Anniversario, the Og and I. What the hell does that mean, Joe? Tagging I don't back know.
0: Again. They, yeah. All these Chikara shows have dumb names.
1: <laughs> all right, so I just want to say right off the rip, my favorite thing about this show uh, well, not my favorite thing, but one of the, the things that told me, okay, this is business is looking up is the fact that the show opens with no musical number. So very, <laughs> very happy about that. Just right off the beginning, we get the introductions of the opening match, which is Colt Boom Boom Cabana versus Dasher Hatfield. And on commentary for this match, we have LFC and Gavin Loudspeaker. Uh, I want to say that the hard cam especially not so much when you look at jerry's uh camera um but everything is under like a weird blue tint and i don't know if that's how it looked in person or if it's just something that came off with the filming but it was like that you're watching a fiend match the whole night you know like some kind of weird tint to the lighting uh where they were playing this at so uh it, it did not look good the filming but uh as far as the match itself, you know, Dasher's doing more of his baseball gimmicks. Colt's doing a lot of hiding behind Bryce. Uh, I really did like Leonard Chikarsen's, uh comment about how on the back of uh, Cabana's tights, it looks like there's the logo for the Greendale human beings. I got that joke. Uh, right. I, I enjoyed that. Um, as Kevin said in his blog, it felt like you had two comedy guys in there, and for whatever reason it didn't really mix that well for me. Uh, Colt kind of came off heelish, but like trying to be a babyface, but he was doing heel comedy things, at least in my eyes. And then we had interference from Mr. Touchdown, which of course Dasher did not see because they're playing it off as, you know, Dasher would not want to accept a win that he knew came from nefarious means. But uh, due to the interference, Dasher wins the first match.
0: Uh, Yeah, so this match was just okay uh kind of a low energy for an opener i I kind of agree with both you and kevin from what he had wrote not so much that it was too comedy guys but it felt as though this was a match that like never really got out of first gear and seeing a match like this just goes to show me how glad i am that dasher has kind of ditched the baseball thing because uh seeing what he can do without it shows how limiting it kind of was
1: yeah And I'm sure I'll come around on this because, again, I am notorious for loving goofy shit. You know, the more of it, the merrier. And I have been a big fan of the Dasher baseball shtick, you know, over previous homeworks where I just like all the, you know, strike one, home run, all that stuff. I like that stuff. But for whatever reason, this and I don't know if it's because the fifth it's the fifth time I've seen it, the eighth time I've seen it or whatever. But this particular time, I was like, okay, I'm not enjoying this. And maybe it was just the chemistry of that match uh but you know maybe the next time i see dasher i'll go back to loving it or maybe it's just enough already you know so i don't know sure we'll see all right next up we have Saturnine versus Kagetsu. i hope i said that right yes uh on this we have gavin joined by the great and devious one ultramantis black for commentary (laughs) um, <laughs> uh, I don't have much of my notes here. It was a fast back and forth match. Saturine did a top rope dive to the outside, a springboard crossbody attempt. Uh, Saturine goes for a her and Karana, but Kagetsu counters it into a spinning Samoan drop for the win. Um, first of many, uh, Japanese women being involved in the show. Uh, good match. Not great. Uh, a lot of high flying stuff, but, uh, first time I'm seeing Kagetsu and pretty impressive from her, but okay match.
0: Uh, not the best showing for Saturine with her relative inexperience. Um, this, this match was almost like a squash. I was more distracted by Saturine wrestling with, um, her hair, like in her mask, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, usually if there's a long haired person that wears a mask, usually like their hair is like completely out and covers the back of the mask. But she had the mask on over her long
1: hair. And it was very disheartening. Yeah, you're only supposed to have a mask over the hair if the hair is part of the mask. Right. You know? Like if you're uh, a curry man or something like that. Yes. All right, next up, Los Ice Creams versus the Colony of Soldier Ant and Green Ant. And before I get into this match, which was commentated by Bryce Remsberg and Steven the Turtle Whiner. Um, I want to say that my favorite thing on commentary altogether was the explanation as to why Mixed Marshall Archie isn't on the show. And that is because, of course, back then, uh, New York had not sanctioned MMA. So you weren't allowed to compete in MMA in New York. And I was like, you know what? In a world of professional wrestling, that is the most logical thing I've ever heard. So I, I gave that a-, a slow clap when I heard that. But uh, this match, also lots of comedy bits. But I definitely feel like it worked a lot better in this, especially with uh, Los Ice Creams overacting on everything. And I mean that in such a good way, you know, and just like, obviously, you know, overacting with the Spanish stuff and like their evil mannerisms. And uh, fun match, kind of a night and day difference compared to the opening when it comes to comedy stuff. And uh, the colony wins via a dual Chikara special submissions.
0: Uh, This should have been the opening match. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this should have had about two minutes shaved off of it, but typically time doesn't get shaved off of a Lowe's Ice Creams match. It usually gets added. Um, but the, the reason I say that there was a lot of space in between a lot of the haha, so much so that Bryce and Steven had an in-depth conversation about Dave Matthews band's discography. So, <laughs> uh, but I think for the live crowd with about two minutes shaved off, this would have been a super hot opener.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have the Bravado Brothers uh, versus Dash Shisaku and Sendai Shasinko. Close enough. All right. Not
0: even close. But go All ahead. Right.
1: I like. I'm gonna say Dash and Sendai. All right. Anyways, uh, before the match, we had a really good promo. My eyes were rolling there of the Bravado talking about how their opponents are pretty cute and they might take them to meet their grandma. And uh, I do remember the bravado from a, a show or two ago and you explained that they were kind of like the uh, like the preppy douchey kids. and uh, I'm, I am now remembering that. Uh, by the way, Bryce and Gavin and Bryce and Gavin on commentary for this one. Um, I'm gonna put it lightly on a lot of these things. We'll just say that the bravados were playing to their strength advantage. Uh, one of the women does a spot at one point where she's upset that she's getting beaten, so she cries a little bit uh the non-crying woman gets a hot tag has some really good offense in there there towards the end there were a lot of false finishes from both teams so the action did pick up towards the end after some awkwardness at the beginning of it uh and then 3.0 come out to cause a distraction to mercifully allow the women to get the win
0: i like this match obviously from your reaction here and uh Kevin's write-up about the show. I really like this match. Uh, You know, they were touting it as the first uh, brother team versus sister team match in all of wrestling, and I would assume that this would have to be it if they said it enough times that it was. Um, Less, it was obviously a size differential match, uh, but I like this one. Not my favorite match in the show, but I like this. All right. Uh, The only other thing that I have to mention is um, I hope Bryce got paid for his plug for the atomic elbow fanzine during commentary on this match
1: (laughs) yeah i heard that (laughs) uh you don't slip things in for some payola joe when you do commentary
0: Uh, i slip things in but not for payola no
1: oh oh, well you're missing out man all right next up we have the aforementioned 3.0 versus 17 and the shard lfc and bryce on commentary jagged Parker's ribs are still taped for what seems like years now. I get it's probably only been like 3 shows, but considering we covered it like 6 <laughs> months ago, I feel like he's really turning into uh Cowboy Bob Orton here. Um one of my other favorite commentary moments from the show, I apologize this one's not from you, but Bryce referring to 17 in the shard kind of like it reminds me of a morning zoo because he's like 17 in the shard in the morning and I was like all right that's funny too. Uh, so I like that. Uh Lots of work by yourself and Bryce as far as talking about, you know, 17's mystery identity. There was a lot of that later on as well. You know, who is 17? Who are these people? They're all, oh, I recognize them. You know, I feel like he used to be a student, that kind of stuff. Um, basically, we get to the point where Matthews is putting everybody in Boston Crabs. You will never see a crowd pop for a Boston Crabs so much unless uh, Matthews is doing it. Uh, the Bravados come out and interfere. And I just want to point out, this is the third instance of outside interference slash distraction of the night, uh, Mm -hmm. leading to a disqualification.
0: Uh, Yeah, so this is another match a little bit too short, obviously. Um, On a big Anniversario show, should not be as much interference DQ bullshit like this, but here we are. Um, I think... On commentary, you know, the match is good, though. I think all four of these guys had some really good chemistry. On commentary, Bryce mentions that the uh, team of 3.0 are coming off of a cup of coffee with the tag titles. Says that they lost it so quick it was a bitter cup of uh, coffee. And I say if they were drinking that coffee out of an Ever-Rise Rules coffee mug, <laughs> it would not be that bitter. And as I look at uh <laughs> got jagged parker and shane matthews here some nine years ago and i try to do the math in my head of how old they are now and i'm like oh well they were babies back then obviously <laughs> they were like under 12 yeah. right
1: yeah but <laughs> they, they hit that nxt big time at the the ripe age of like 24 right
0: <laughs> yes yeah. uh but yes yeah, shane matthews having the gimmick of the boston crab uh that was inherited from rick Martel. And him doing the flying head scissors that unlike much like DDP, he could hit it from out of anywhere.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Satomura versus Sarah Del Rey is up next LFC and Gavin on commentary. Uh, Basically, this match was awesome. Uh, a little long. I'm going to say the blasphemous thing and say that it was a little long. Uh, both women doing a lot of grappling at first, trading submission attempts, uh, which just transitioned into them just beating the shit out of each other for the next 10 or so minutes. Uh, Sarah Del Rey wins with uh, like some kind of butterfly hook suplex thingy, uh, yes. but it looked pretty cool. And a uh, really good match. Uh, both people came off looking awesome in it. Um, I just think that it might have been a little long for my taste, but I could have been getting grumpy as the pay-per-view, or as the show was getting longer.
0: Uh, so how much did I love this match? So much so that I was not deterred by my own commentary on the match.
1: <laughs> you listen to it with the sound on.
0: Yeah, well, again, listen, I, if I could cut out my commentary and just hear the crowd and what's going on in the ring... That would be a much different experience, but it's either sound or no sound. There's no pick and choose in the sound. Um, I love this match. It was my favorite match on the show. I know that you said it was a little long. I thought the match was perfect. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. Um, Kevin mentioned uh, in his write-up, and again, we're giving him a lot of play, uh, poses a question to me uh, saying, like, oh, did I like have nerves coming in to call this match? Um, there are are a very few matches that I had nerves going into. This unfortunately was not one of them. Uh, While this was a big deal match, Mako Satomora in 2012, at least in the United States was not what she is today or a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. This was like kind of the beginning of her come up. Mm -hmm. She was very well respected in Japan at the time, but she was kind of more of like a cult figure. Um, At this time, on the come-up, there was a show maybe a year or two prior where it was Claudio and Sarah taking on Quack and Minami Toyota. That match, I had a little bit of nerves for going into that. Minami Toyota was a legit legend in professional wrestling, Japan or otherwise. And there's another match that I don't think we get to. I think it was the year prior. Um, where it was a singles match of Johnny Kidd versus Johnny Saint, two World of Sport legends. And I'm a fan of that sort of style of match. And then it was me kind of sort of calling the match. I forget who my commentary partner was, but um, that when I had a little bit of nerves going into it because I knew a lot of people were going to end up seeing that match just because of its international implications. I think it yeah. was, like, the first singles match that Johnny Kidd and Johnny Saint had had on American soil, period. And it was the first match that they had had together in a number of years.
1: Yeah. But enough have...
0: about me. I love this match. Go to your way to see this one. Uh, Make us out more the new NXT UK Women's Champion.
1: The, the what champion?
0: <laughs> All right. Listen, I was as surprised as you are. It just...
1: <laughs> all right mm, i believe I it, you i know like, a way.
0: photoshop picture of the two of them together uh, <laughs> i knew it was real
1: oh all right then uh so next up we have the batiri versus the swarm versus the spectral envoy versus tim dons delirious and Jakob hammermeyer and i just want to throw this out as an aside joe whenever i watch one of these Chikar shows Uh, and uh, Donston Hammermeyer on the show, I end up kind of not whistling because I can't whistle, but I, like, whistle the song in my head. It's very catchy. It's very catchy. Uh, But uh, LFC and redacted on commentary. And I I was going to say, like, I I originally put in my notes that in order to summarize this match, I want to quote Bryce when he rang the bell and when he said, I'll do my best. But uh, there's just way too much stuff. I just gave up writing stuff down because every time I'd put my head down to look to type something, uh shit was happening in the ring. But obviously this was a Lucha style match with, you know, a billion people in the ring, a lot of action happening. Uh at really good match at the end, surprise, surprise, we have our fourth instance of outside interference. Ophidian attempts to spray mist into Ultramantis. He ends up hitting Jakob. One of the Batiri guys pins Jakob for the win. Uh, really fun match played a lot of the storylines of again, who are the mystery people. uh you know, they're still talking about that. they're still talking about uh the swarm trying to unmask people. Uh, I like liked it a lot.' It was the best thing I could say.
0: uh, so it's a good match. Uh, this was actually Bryce's brainchild. I think this was the first and sadly last four-corner uh, trios match in Chikara history. On commentary, I say, oh, maybe this will become an anniversario uh, tradition. And then Ron Howard came in and said, it won't be.
1: <laughs> this is like, what did you call it? The Rhombus Rumble? The Royal Rhombus. Royal Rhombus, there we go. The,
0: the, 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 the match set up and the name of the match was All Bryce. Uh, credit where credit is due on that. Um, yes, another match with interference. And... Not only do I hate the Ophidian interference that to, he's doing the mist. And I tell you, man, like, nobody does the mist right. Mm-hmm. I need to start giving classes on how to do the mist. Because I I could do the mist correctly, but I'm not a professional wrestler. And I don't have that gland in my neck <laughs> that causes the poison mist to develop.
1: Yeah.
0: But, as part of him doing the mist with the mask that he's wearing, he practically has to lift the mask completely up to reveal his face to do the mist poorly, and it all like dribbles down his face, right? Yeah. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying the danced Jakob thing. As the year goes on, we'll have some more discussions about this. Um, especially like their look and their relationship and who and en- who else ends up getting involved with them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as you like that BDK music, that's the rights-free knockoff version of the BDK music. Um, there's a better version of it that's out there that's by Romstein, Romstein, excuse me. Um, that's a little bit more, like, harder, I guess. Okay. When a lot of the Chikara people had, like, similar sound-alike music with all the serial numbers filed off starting this year. (laughs) Um. The BDK one gets the whistle at the beginning, but the rest of it kind of...
1: Yeah. Okay. Is this, So the whistle's in the Romstein part? Yes. Okay. All right. So right. I'm here for the whistle. That's my favorite part. <laughs> All right. So next up, we have the main event. Uh, the grand champion, Eddie Kingston, defending against Jigsaw. Before the match, Eddie cuts a promo talking about, you know, how deep his friendship with Jigsaw goes. And how when he looks at the grand championship, he sees his uh, friend Larry Sweeney, and uh, Jigsaw is going to have to kill him to take the belt away. So, uh, great little promo, real quick, right at the beginning of the match. A um, little bit of chain wrestling going back and forth until uh, the commentators, which again held over from the previous match, uh, mentioned that uh, you know Eddie Kingston said enough's enough and just started striking. Jigsaw is doing a lot of targeting Eddie's injured knee. We've seen his knee injured over recent Chikar assignments. Uh, we see a Tope Suicida from Eddie Kingston, which is awesome. A lot of trading chops back and forth. Uh, Jigsaw jumping from the top rope out into the crowd to land on Eddie Kingston. That was pretty sick for a Chikar show. Don't see a lot of dives into the crowd from the stuff you've given me. Um, Basically, moves that normally end the match for Eddie Kingston aren't doing the job. Eddie's getting visibly frustrated. They just start slapping the shit out of each other. Uh, Jigsaw attempts the scariest superplex I've ever seen off of the top rope. Uh, Commentary did a good job of kind of saying it was a brain buster, but I think it was a suplex they didn't quite get uh Kingston over. I think uh, I saw Eddie's belt broke, so maybe it broke in that suplex attempt. I don't know. But it took two spinning backfists uh for Eddie Kingston to retain. Uh and then afterwards he thanked the crowd, you know, sent him home happy, but uh great retention of the title, great defense, uh hard-hitting fight and uh wasn't expecting much going into it, but I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed it a lot.
0: Really. It's fucking Eddie Kingston. In a main event for the title, I'm like, ah, I
1: wasn't expecting much. Well, I, I no, I, okay, let me just put it this way. It was better than I expected. I was expecting X in my brain. I don't want, can't quantify it. I just think, just based on what I've seen from Jigsaw and obviously what I've seen from Eddie Kingston, I didn't know that their styles, like one plus one, would equal two. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it didn't meet my preconceived notions of what I was going to get. Okay. Not burying it, you know?
0: Yeah, I really like this match a lot. Uh, If not for the Sarah versus uh, Mako Satomura match, this would have been my favorite match on the card. Uh, Them doing the dive into the crowd uh, in a venue in New York City means that whoever was there from the state must have left by then. (laughs) Uh, There's a show that comes up maybe about a year or so from now where Missile Assault Ant and Fire Ant brawl into the crowd on the second match in and then you see like practically the locker room clear to try to wrangle them back in because brawling in the crowd on an indie show in New York proper is like a huge no-no. Okay. <laughs> uh so I was sweating when they were out there, but yeah, I thought this match was really good. Um Jigsaw was a good contender uh for this. I don't know when it comes up in the history, but there's another match at this venue where it's Fire Ant versus Eddie Kingston. And I'm not going to tip my hand, but it's like this same venue, um, this same crowd, plus a lot more. And, you know, obviously both Eddie and Jigsaw are New York guys. But as you heard, like the crowd kind of getting a little bit b- more behind Jigsaw than they were Eddie at points in the match. In the Fire Ant versus Eddie match, it's like Eddie go Eddie's like full heel in the match. Like that's how much the crowd is behind Fire Ant.
1: Oh wow! Okay. Um. Obviously, anything else about that show before we wrap that up?
0: Uh. No. I know. I. Uh, you know what? One last thing. I. That New York venue sucks. Uh
1: yeah.
0: I hate that New York venue so much. We were there uh, a couple months prior for one of the nights of uh, Joshi Mania. I think night three of Joshi Mania, and things were okay with the venue. And then when we showed up next time, the venue people wanted to um, a cut of everyone individually selling their merch, Ugh. which was not agreed upon or not the deal that was in place from the previous month, but now all of a sudden it was. Um, you know, it's it's not it, it's not the same, but it's similar to charging $50 for a table at a convention and then the following month charging $200 for a table at the same convention. <laughs> Yeah, it's very similar, but not the same. So everyone just picked up all their shit and just start selling stuff outside the venue. It's like, fuck you, you know?
1: No. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Now, I got a couple weeks before it's my time, my time to um, uh, do an assignment. But I will tip my hand and let you know uh, the folks coming up here. That uh, it will be the next Chikara event after this, which was an iPay-per-view entitled Chikarasaurus Rex, How to Hatch a Dinosaur. Um, now, the one match that I want to just tip my hand to you, uh, Adam, on, and maybe our listeners as well. Um, there is two matches. My, my apologies. Uh, there is a multi-person match of, like, Team Chikara against uh, the entire... Uh, Gakito, which is it's in Philly because at the Trocadero, so it's a wild, crazy brawl. And calling it and being in the crowd while it was happening because where we, we were set up at the Trocadero, it felt like ECW to me. Okay, uh, the energy of it, and in a match on the show, in the loser of the fall has to leave Chikara. Dasher Hatfield and Mister Touchdown take on colt cabana and mix marshall archie i will <laughs> say no more <gasps>
1: okay <laughs>
0: but if that's a tease for when we get to get to that event several weeks from now keep that in mind that's uh a, a, a match stipulation on this event
1: oh all right all right think positive <laughs> thoughts think positive thoughts think positive thoughts As as you mentioned, obviously, we don't have homework this week. NXT TakeOver is the homework for everybody. Uh, I do want to give you a real quick story, if I can, uh, regarding a potential future homework. All right? So I want to paint you a picture. Years and years and years and years ago, this is 22 years ago, I was working at Circuit City. And I think I was at that time, I just got out of college, I had finished up, like I was no longer doing any of the wrestling stuff. And one of the guys in the warehouse I was talking to, he's like, Oh, I'm a professional wrestler. I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. We do uh, shows like every week at work. And he gives some promotion, you know, whatever bullshit indie name. I'm like, okay, cool. But, you know, I didn't know that he's like, Oh, I'll have to give you a tape one of these days. I'm like, okay. So fast forward a couple of days later, he hands me a VCR or, or I'm sorry, a video cassette. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll watch it. And, uh, you know, I don't watch it. And then he's like, hey, did you watch the tape? Did you watch the tape? And I'm like, nah, I didn't get a chance to get." <laughs> and eventually I broke down and I watched it. And at the time I had, uh, I had two roommates. Uh, and I popped this thing in expecting, okay, I'm just going to look for this kid's match just so I can talk to him about it and call it a day. What this was, Joe, was basically they had a real ring. It wasn't like a, like a trampoline or freaking ropes tied to like yard posts or anything like that. It was a real indie ring. But what what followed next was an hour worth of people who I don't even know if they've seen wrestling before. All right. There was just like to call it backyard wrestling would have been an insult to backyard wrestlers. At one point, I'm just going to tell you this thing here. At one point, somebody who's wearing, like, jeans gets body slammed in the middle of the ring. And again, he got picked up and dropped. All right, that's about the extent of the body, body slam. And he's really selling his backside. I'm like, oh, man, he's a, he's good at selling. Until he reaches into his pocket and reveals that his keys were still in his pocket. <laughs> he then takes oh. his car keys and throws about the ring so he doesn't land on them again. But, Joe, that's just scraping the iceberg of how comically bad this show was. So eventually I give this kid back the tape. He's like, Oh, what'd you think? I was like, Oh yeah, it was a good time. Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And then I was a couple weeks later. And the reason I mentioned roommates is because they had seen it and they were asking to see it again because it was that funny. So I had asked to borrow the tape again. And he's like, Oh, all right. I only have that one tape. So I need it back. And I never gave it back to him, Joe. I kept it. I could have just made a copy, but I don't know if he stopped working there or I just forgot about it. And, it haunted me for years that i had no idea where this tape was until last week when i was cleaning my garage and i found my vcr and uh noticed the tape was still in the vcr oh I, my i fired up the vcr hit eject and that tape popped out uh so problem number one is my super fancy television doesn't have any of the connections for vcr anymore but uh, problem number two is how do I digitize that so that I could make you and everybody else watch that on a future homework? But those are problems I'm willing to face so that you can watch this show as well. So it uh, might not be my next time assigning homework or anytime soon, but that is coming, Joe. And I just want to let you know about it. I have. Uh, uh, well,
0: I'm excited. I'm sure there are people that could digitize that for you or at least have some sort of thing to upload it to like uh, YouTube or some nonsense, right? I, oh, uh, I the only here. thing I'm worried about is that I'm going to end up watching it and know the people in it.
1: <laughs> uh, it's called ARWA. The, the show was called ARWA Charge from February 8th, 2004, with two bonus matches, according to the VCR tape. <laughs> uh,
0: I was pretty much out of the backyard wrestling scene by 2004, so uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to watch this now.
1: Yes, so I have the VCR tape, I have a working VCR, just gotta figure out the semantics after that, and that will be something else, and uh, we'll figure that out, but I just figured I'd tell you that story since I just found that VCR when I was excavating through my garage.
0: Now, I know Adam said no homework, of course, next week because NXT TakeOver in your house, Um, but I guess we'll mention it, um, well, you know, we'll mention it in the plugs and everything when we get there um dark side of the ring from this past week you watched the grizzly smith one
1: i did i did not okay not a lot that i care to really go over uh but uh, i did watch it um i'll just say i I, obviously going into this prior to you telling me about this and kind of seeing people talk about the upcoming documentary i didn't know that uh sam houston jake robertson rock and robin were siblings you know uh i only knew the grizzly smith jake roberts connection because of beyond the ring um but i'll just say that you know there's a lot of positive stuff to take at the end of it you know like how you know they robin was kind of giving her advice you know to tell somebody if you're in a situation like that and you know jake saying that he's been sober for 10 years and uh whatever but uh a lot a real shitty not not in a bad quality like it was a well-done documentary but it is a hard to get through show you know, so I don't want to do like a beat by beat thing on it, but you're welcome to discuss whatever you'd like. Okay.
0: Uh, so again, not much more obviously, um, than what Adam kind of touched on. Grizzly Smith is a horrible person. Um, them getting into the disappearance of Grizzly's daughter, their sister, um, is like a harrowing experience, uh, to say the least. And the fact that, Jim Cornette piece of shit that he is of all people is a talking head on this and kind of just brushes aside his years and years of claiming what a good person Grizzly Smith was. And I don't listen to Jim Cornette's podcast no more. I'm about two years sober off that bullshit. (laughs) Uh, But apparently on his podcast, he kind of hand waved a lot of it as well. It's like, Oh, we'd all make jokes about him kidnapping and raping underage girls, but we didn't think it was real. And a lot of people were quick to point out that Jim points out in his books and other previous shoot interviews and discussions that was that when he was in the Mid-South area, most of the time the car ride was him, Dennis Condry, Bobby, Jim Cornette, Dennis Condry, Bobby Eaton, and Grizzly Smith. So Jim was right there while a lot of this was going on. And we're all just going to kind of walk that past. Um, The other thing, and this is another story where I get why they wanted to explain um, the Grizzly Smith part and sam houston rock and robin jake's relationship with him two things not mentioned on the podcast or the podcast on the episode of the show that have since come out on podcast interviews with the creators directors etc of of the show is that both sam houston and rock and robin had their lives extremely changed by the events of hurricane katrina and Robin lost her entire house. She lost everything except for the WWE women's title that she had. Oh, wow. Lost everything. Um, she was able to recoup, build her life back up, get back on her feet, and shockingly and happily have a positive outlook on life. Yeah. I did not know that Sam Houston's life had gotten so bad that he was – getting into all these drunk driving things. Sam Houston was in jail for multiple DUIs when Hurricane Katrina hit. Because he was not in jail due to a violent crime, they let him out of jail. Less than 30 days later, he got arrested for DUI and was back in jail. Hmm. Um, He was, I think, serving a 10-year sentence and they let him out. And I forget how into the 10-year sentence it was when Hurricane Katrina hit. And then when he got the other DUI charge, they just started his 10-year sentence over again. I'm glad he has gotten his life back on track, or at least seemingly, um, during the course of events of the A&E or
1: the Vice
0: Dark Side of the Ring thing from last week.
1: Yeah. What's the the next Dark Side of the Ring? So the
0: the season, the half-season finale is The
1: Dynamite
0: Kid. Okay. Did you ever read The Dynamite Kid's book, Pure Dynamite?
1: I, I did not. I, I feel like I've heard a lot of people talking about like things that were in it, but uh, I, I've never read it, and it's going to all be new to me, you know? Do you
0: know the story about the British Bulldogs and the fabulous Rougeau brothers?
1: Mm, no, I don't think so.
0: Okay. You're going to have a lot of fun with this one. All right. <laughs> but they did just announce, obviously we record while dark side of the ring airs. They did say that they're going to return with the second half of this season in September. Okay. So like, cool. so this was the end of the half season. They're going to pick back up in September.
1: Hopefully we'll get that uh, deep South wrestling episode. We've all been wanting. Mm. <laughs>
0: Um, no, I think, uh, no, no Deep South episode, but I do know, um, I had it in front of me, what it was.
1: Did they announce some of them? They did. It was announced. Oh, Oh, okay. I was just fucking joking. I didn't know they were announced already.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, So, Bruiser Bedlam, a.k.a. Johnny Canine,
1: The Steroid
0: trial, FMW, Plane Ride from Hell, Luna Vachon, XPW, and Canyon.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You did talk about that, because I I popped for Canyon at the end. That's right. Okay, fair enough. I'm looking forward to that. Some of those, at least. I guess uh, we just got some plugs to do, and then some weekly purchases, Joe.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. independentwrestling.tv, this weekend, No Peace Underground on Friday has a live show streaming, and Saturday, Heavy Metal Wrestling has not one, not two, but three shows streaming on Saturday. Of course, there's that back catalog, a lot of the shows that we mentioned here. Uh, The At Odds promo code sadly does not get you five free days for new subscribers. But other than me texting Jerry directly, it's a way that you can let Jerry know that you subscribe because of the show. Um, Also, I would be remiss not, as a reminder, uh, next Friday, the AIW show entitled Major Announcement. Um, Did you see the main event was announced for the show?
1: Yeah, the figure four versus a bunch of AIW scrubs, right?
0: How dare you? That's... (laughs) Former ECW superstar, not unlike Broski, Colin Delaney, <laughs> uh, my good friend Cheech, and not to say that Colin's not my good friend, but Cheech is also my good friend, uh, and the Rip, Sh- the Rip City shooters of the man that Equinox Jerry fears, Wes Barkley, undefeated in the Brook tournament, and the current uh, absolute and intense champion, uh, the future uh, Sid Vicious in professional wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. Joshua Bishop are taking on, as Adam mentioned, the figure four, which is Hawkins, Broski, Marky, and uh, Mr. Chocolate Doodoo Fingers himself, Six of WrestleManias, Star of Muppets Most Wanted, and uh, Leprechaun Origins' Dylan Hornswoggle postal <laughs> And I hope that's how Steve announces him, uh at the show next week. But that's going to be streaming live on independentwrestling.tv. Um I'm not going to say that's the homework for next week, but it's the unofficial homework for next week.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I I absolutely refuse to watch it on Jerry's uh, live. I just refuse. I I might be busy doing, you know, during that time.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll cross that bridge next week when we get there. But, hey, I also want to mention, if you go check out the show notes, we have a lot of different links in there. We don't really push a lot of them. Uh, as much but one i specifically want to mention is that i got to set up with an amazon affiliate link it's not going to have a banner but if you want to help out the show uh you know we don't have the promo code for jerry's internet wrestling emporium anymore you know the t public store is there if you want to go buy some stuff inspired by the show Uh, i know they're having a 35 percent off sale uh this weekend but any episode show from here on out or any episode notes from here on out, is going to have a link to the dedicated At Odds Amazon affiliate link. Uh, it's an advertising fee that they pay us for letting you, the listeners of the show, know that Amazon exists. Because if it wasn't for this show, you would not know that Amazon was a thing.
1: Yeah. And obviously, Joe, as you say many times over on your other shows, it does not cost anybody an additional dime. Right. They just go ahead and click through there, buy their stuff through Amazon like they normally would, and uh, hopefully we'll get one of those segments where we can read off silly things that people buy. That's what Ooh. my fingers are crossed for.
0: <laughs> and uh, I could say the, the I could say it the full way here because I can't say it on Longbox Heroes. Uh, Amazon calls it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that's going to make Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money.
1: Yeah, <laughs> cha-ching. And Joe, there's other podcasts you should listen to. Uh, there are many of them on our podcasting network, such as Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, and Porch Talk, as well as podcasts outside the network like Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, The House Show Podcasts, Not Another Sports Podcast, Viewers Choice, The A Show, Go Vote for Joe. And the last one, Joe, I have to ask you, because I have not been on Twitter much this week. You know, if somebody mentions me or something, I'll I'll take a look at it. But I haven't been scrolling through Twitter. And this last plug is for Between the Sheets. Did those cowards book Ed to talk about Dude Love yet? Cowards? Um. Well, they're only cowards if they didn't book them. If they they did book them, they're smart men. Well,
0: there's still about a month away from them recording the actual episode that would be the week of July 14th, July 20th, 1997, to be covered on Between the Sheets by uh, Chris Zellner and David Span. Let them know that you want Ed to be a guest on there. Use the hashtag GetEd from Dam on Between the Sheets to talk about Dude Love.
1: All right. So, yeah. So, if it, it hasn't officially been set in stone, so keep using that hashtag. Uh, keep, as you said, mentioning all of the hosts of the show as well as their show accounts. Um, But, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send some tweets out right after we get off the air here. Perfect. But I think that's it for the main show, Joe.
0: All right. So I guess it's time to get into uh, weekly purchases, yes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got one. It's a big one, so we're going to have to save it to the end. So I'll let you go
1: first. All right. I had – uh, a pretty pretty big week. I had nothing up until yesterday, and then I had a bunch of stuff yesterday. So I thought I was going to uh, get off scot-free, but uh, I'm just going to tackle these in order at which I purchased them, uh, and I'll just be quick about it. Uh, GameStop announced two days ago uh, a Funko Pop Deluxe 10-inch exclusive version of Soundwave. So, a Funko pop of Soundwave, but it's one of those huge ones, and uh, you had me at Soundwave, you had me at Funko Pop, but this actually comes with interchangeable chest cassettes, so I was like, "Oh, this thing's got me all over it." So I only ordered one, uh but I will buy another one when I see one in the wild that way I can kind of display the the better conditioned one, but uh, that was my first purchase um Secondly, uh, earlier today, I purchased a Star Wars Black Series, or I pre-ordered a Star Wars Black Series Darth Revan figure. Joe, are you familiar with Darth Revan? Uh, I'm familiar with Darth Nihilus. Oh, no. See, Darth Revan's a whole different animal. It's from uh, the game... From many years ago on the original Xbox, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. He was the protagonist slash antagonist from that. But uh, I don't want to say it's his first figure, but it's his first in the recent wave of like Black Series figs. So I needed that. Uh, and lastly, uh, I, I I I don't know if you know this, Joe, but I, I tend to buy a lot of Marvel Legends movie props, and uh, it was announced earlier in the week that uh, Captain America Stealth Shield based on on the hit cinematic movie, The Winter Soldier, which, uh, Joe, is my favorite of all the MCU movies. So uh, I needed this. I was holding off, waiting for the importer-exporter place to uh, assign a discount code to it. Uh, That went through, so I was able to buy it with my employee discount. So I now own Shield number four of my MCU shield collection. uh, And that is again, the winter soldier stealth shield. And uh, that's all of my unique purchases this week, because I I feel like we might've overlapped on one and I'll turn it over to you.
0: Okay. Uh, So I did have a purchase this week and there's a story to the purchase. Okay. Uh, So we're, uh, I think many, many months ago we had discussed here on the show that we ordered the uh, Hawkins and broski, Super seven figures, right? Yep. Um we're coming up on about a year. Uh it's about been about nine, you know, I'll be fair. It's been about nine months on the pre-order, right? Mm-hmm. But we knew this going in, okay? Um, and then we knew months and months ago that they were getting uh Hasbro style figures as well, and then that evolved into a line by uh Zombie Sailor, who does a lot of the pins for the major wrestling. Uh, figure podcast Uh, he also sells figures and stuff that he comes upon through his Instagram and other places and he's essentially doing his own line of Hasbro lookalikes the first line is uh, Hawkins, Broski, Sabu Dino Bravo and uh, one of the Hebners, I think Earl Hebner I think they've already announced that they're doing like a Todd Pentengill, a Power and Glory in the next coming sets so uh, he's making deals, he's making movements, right? yep Uh, So about a a week or so ago, they announced that they go on sale the 17th, or they go on pre-order the 17th, which is a week from today, 17th of June. I am a patron of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, and they announced in the Facebook group uh, that they are going to do a special pre-order just for the group. And the pre-order is over, so I'm okay to talk about this publicly, okay? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A lot of the stuff that happens in that Facebook group, they want to keep under wraps. So, Monday, Zombie goes in and says, we're going to do uh, a pre-order, right? It just mm-hmm. says we're doing a pre-order a week early. Uh, everyone in the Facebook group is going to get a code. So, I say to Adam, I go, hey, man, if you want these, you may want to go sign up for the thing, um, the, 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 the Patreon, just so you can get in the Facebook book and grab the thing. Because I kind of sort of knew what was going to happen was going to happen was Zombie freaked out because a bunch of people were, like, contacting him individually, saying if they could just get the code without being in the group and everything else like that. So, Zombie goes and says, if I'm going to check who's ordering with your name in the Facebook group, and if your name's not in the Facebook group, I'm going to cancel your order, right? I knew that was going to happen. So, I say, Adam, you should look into this, right? Yep. So, uh, then... Uh, later in the day on Monday, um, again, he says exactly that, that he's going to cross reference the names. Um, then he says, we're going to limit it to two a person unless you're buying all five. So it's either you're buying the whole set of five or you can only buy two. So I was even going to offer to Adam that I'm going to buy, you know, my one that I want, which is Hawkins and I'll buy whatever ones he wants. Um, but limits it to two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so then... He says no PayPal. You can't use PayPal to order it because with the pre-order being on June 10th or whatever and the projected date on these coming out not being until December to February of next year, the way that PayPal sets things up is if you don't follow through with your purchase within 21 days, they could freeze your account. So he was looking to that have that not happen, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um then he changed it to so Adam goes and signs up for the Patreon. He then changed it to you could only do this if you're you've been a patron for more than 30 days.
1: <laughs> so <Yeah.
0: laughs> it's just continuing to add and add and add these like little stipulations onto this. So, the whole thing ends up being, at least on paper, more of a hassle. Not hassle toys, but hassle. <laughs> than I would like. Um, but I ended up getting um, the
1: the figure that I wanted. Yeah. And as to their credit-ish, uh, they did eventually say that it was limit three. They upped the limit. You know, you can yeah. either buy... Uh, what was it? it no more than two of any one figure but like three yeah it was, it was like
0: you, you can't buy more than two of any one figure um you could buy three total or the whole
1: set yeah oh, but, or you could buy two whole sets you know yeah. which is another weird thing but obviously you wanted brian myers i wanted broski and myers you know so uh uh thank you for keeping me abreast of everything that was going on prior to me signing up for the Patreon. And I don't want to discourage anybody from, you know, becoming a, uh, a, a major fig Patreon member. You know, there's a lot of good benefits in there, but, uh, it was very frustrating, you know, signing cause they talk about all the time whenever they're like, and again, this isn't, it's not like broski and, and Hawkins were selling the figures, you know, obviously it's, it's a, another person that, is associated but whatever so it's not like it's them but like they say on their podcast all the time oh hey we're gonna be putting this on sale code for live Eight or whatever uh on the facebook group and you know don't complain to us you know you can just sign up for the patreon just for you know pay the two dollars just to get that code you know that's the smart play so obviously when you told me hey they're gonna release a code i was like you know what i'll go ahead and i'll sign up you know it's something that i've thought about doing before in the past anyways Um, pretty sure I've kayfabe for a long time that I've been in it anyways, but, uh, you know, so, uh, but yeah, it was very frustrating. I think I said to you at one point, I was like, oh, they can keep their fucking dolls. I don't want them. They keep changing the rules, you know, but, uh, I am happy that I'm going to get them. You know, it continues my streak of, of getting their, their post WWE figs and, uh, we'll see when they arrive, I guess is the next best thing, you know?
0: Yeah, like I said, the, the the scheduled time frame they said is December to February of next year. So that's just another email that's gonna sit in the inbox until I get that shipping notification, you know?
1: <laughs> I am the exact same way. I still if I if I open up my inbox, I have emails of every outstanding order. And if I scroll all the way back, September of twenty twenty is my order with ringside for the Super Sevens.
0: Yep. September third, <laughs> two thousand twenty. I'm looking at right here.
1: Yep. <laughs> And right after that is an Azrael figure that still hasn't come out, but I'm sure that'll come out soon. Um, and then we also have the, uh, eventually, speaking of ringside, the Remco style figures, if they ever get made.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with those, but I'm, I'm so, uh, I missed out on the first like several, so I'm okay not getting these ones.
1: Okay, see, I have all three of those two packs. You just have the one, right?
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah, I got to... My completest uh, nature is, is going to get in the way of me not getting a bunch of them. I can skip a, a ref named John and, uh, oh, I don't know if I can skip Smart Mark. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in a sometime before the end of 2021 when those figures hopefully go on pre-order. So this,
0: you know, and this is a conversation that I had with friend of the show, Kevin Ford, about this sort of stuff. Because as I was talking to you, I was talking to him about, like, what was going on with the pre-order with this. And I forget what he was saying that he was getting. I think he said he was getting a full set or whatever it was. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to get the Hawkins. I'm good. You know, I got a Brian collection working and that's enough. And I go, once we see what the power and glory figures look like, I think we saw the the Roma figure, but we didn't see the Hercules figure yet. I go, that's going to be a real tipping point for me because these are expensive figures, right? They're they're 40 bucks a clip, right? Plus shipping, you know? Um, you, oh, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, are you going to open your Myers figure? We're going to cross that. I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got six to eight months to think about that one.
1: Because <laughs> as you said, it's expensive. It's uh, yeah. maybe borderline rare, we'll
0: see. Right.
1: Oh. Um,
0: so that's the tipping point. Like, your collection is what you make. Your collection, like, whatever excuses you make for the collection is what it is. And then if I end up getting the power and glory ones that's going to open up floodgates to like other things where i could say it's like well i got the power and glory ones i can definitely get the max moon one or i can get the <laughs> you know whatever right yeah <laughs> um but if i just stick to like the hawkins ones uh you know i know we talked a couple weeks ago when the aw fan fest and they announced a bunch of the stuff that was coming out and i'm like i gotta get the brody that's a given and then I got to see what the second orange Cassidy looks like before I decide to purchase that. But you know, like everyone's like, I got the, I got to get the Chuck. I got to get the Trent. I got to get the this. and I got to get the that. And I'm like, if I get the Chuck or the Trent or the whomever, then the floodgates open.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, uh, the John Silver is going to be a close one. Yeah. Like the John Silver figure is going to be another make or break figure. Like, If I get the John Silver one and I have the Brody one, I'm like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. I could recreate my favorite bits from BTE, the show for losers that nobody watched except for the BTE, except for the Dark Order skits.
1: Yeah, but I think if you get if you have the Brody and you get the John Silver, you're going to want Uno and Grayson.
0: Well, it's so that's the thing. If I get I'm getting the Brody, if I get the John Silver, then I got to get the Alex Reynolds when that comes out. Yeah, I get the Alex Reynolds. Oh, well, then I got to get like the Anna J and I got to get to this and I got to get to that, you know, and then that opens up. the Like I said, I'm trying to keep the floodgates just open enough so a few figures trickle in. <laughs> I don't want to become a full-fledged toy boy, you know?
1: Yeah. No, obviously, I, I need the Brody. I need at least one of the new Orange Cassie. I can care less if it's the exact same figure with different packaging. I'll buy it. Um, obviously, I need the Tay Conte. Uh, maybe a couple, uh, (laughs) but I, I do agree. I I was thinking like, I have the first MJF and I have the Sammy Guevara. I'm thinking of just selling them just so I can kind of more focus. So I don't have all these AEW figs, you know, because I'm like you, I don't want to get too many of them because then there are no rules, you know, we'll see. I'm sure, uh, some pre-orders of AEW figures will be on our weekly purchases coming up whenever yeah. it comes. Yeah,
0: and the next the next slippery slope that we have to worry about is is if and when they announce the series 2 AEW micro brawlers.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, they're so cheap though. It's like <laughs> it's like well, they're not really. They're 15 bucks, but they feel like they're cheaper. Uh, all right, so who do you want to see in series 2? We're fantasy booking it. Okay. It, okay it's this set of six was it were there six figures it was kenny it
0: was jericho it was oc it was brody it was sheeta and it was Britt, right
1: uh and uh darby so it was seven I th- yeah i mean uh there's definitely a darby okay there's definitely a sheeta there was definitely a brit brody oc was there a kenny let's say there wasn't a kenny so let's say it was six yeah, because I think Kenny's had, like, a million of them, like, through uh, Pro Wrestling Tees before. All right, so there's six. Okay. They're we're going asking... to get... Okay.
0: Gonna... We're getting Cody, we're getting Brandy.
1: Ugh. All right.
0: Um, so I'm going to assume... Let's pretend that they're not doing doubles, right? We're not getting repeats. Yeah. Um, so we're getting Cody, we're getting Brandy. We're going to get uh Nyla Rose yeah um let's look at the rest maybe we'll get Kenny and give me Santana Ortiz
1: see you know what that would be a nice hard pass for the whole line for me I love Santana Ortiz but not enough to buy I didn't buy their regular AEW figs I'm not buying their micro brawlers yeah you know I'm trying to think I would buy obviously a Tay Conti (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, I would buy a John Silver. Um, I might buy Chuck and Trent, you know, for micro-brawlers. That'd probably be okay. Um, I don't know. There's not many that's jumping out to me that I would buy a micro-brawler for.
0: Uh, Eddie, of course, is number oh, one.
1: Oh, fucking A, yeah, of course. Put Eddie Kingston in the next line of AEW micro-brawlers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Oh, yeah, there was a Moxley in that set. Did you say Mox? So maybe there was a Kenny.
0: No, I did not say Mox. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that set was like eight figures.
1: Yeah, because I forgot there was a Mox one. Anyways, yeah, I would buy an Indy Kingston one, too. So hopefully those don't come out for a while. They just restocked Series 1 on their website the other day, which kind of was disappointing because I was under the impression, and maybe I was wrong in this, but I was under the impression it was one of those gimmicks where, like, they'll only make as many as were ordered, you know? But uh, I guess money opened up that printing press again, you know?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> now, I know you uh, were ahead of the curve and alerting our friend uh, Patrick about those coming out, and I was a little late in getting it to him because he was he had his eye on the OC, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I and, saw that.
0: Uh, yeah, I said to him, I go, Hey, man, the OC's up. Uh, it's on the uh, AEW shop, whatever. And he goes, "Oh no, Adam already told me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was one of my rare hero moments. I turned face very briefly in the podcast. I'm just when I let people know because a lot of them had missed out the first time around. So I let them know, but it's good as long as put orange Cassidy figs in people's hands. I'm doing the Lord's work, you know. But I think that's a good. That's enough for a show today, Joe.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm just going in there to see how many OCs are left. Because I, I did the words trick um, back when Impact had a lot more items on their uh, website for sale, like replica beards for Eric Young and things like that. Okay. Uh, he would go in and try to fill his cart with as many as he could. To see if it would cut you off at some point? Yes. And when I uh, checked for Patrick on, what did they go live on Tuesday?
1: Mm, I think so, yeah.
0: Okay, when I when I checked, there was a hundred and seventy five. Okay? Okay. Because uh, again, I started at 200, and it said no. <laughs> uh, then I started at the, you know, then I kind of just went down and down and down and down., mm. uh, so it appears as though since Tuesday, uh, there is less than 50 remaining.
1: Ooh. going to give in you an another, idea how quick they moved. You're going to put another order in? Getting a little no. itchy? <laughs> I only have two. That's the least amount of Orange Cassidy figures I've ever had of any one style. <laughs> I feel like I need at least two more. So if anybody's getting an order in, maybe I'll sneak in. Well, know. there's
0: less than 50 remaining, so order now, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Now let's wrap it up.
0: All right. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Episode 142 at odds with wrestling Uh, for Adam. This is Joe saying thank you very much for listening. Enjoy some wrestling and be safe out there.